everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to the second episode of Date with Dateline this week. Sure. Yeah. Date I with s- Dateline, a double dose. No. Double do. Du- do. Double dare. A Date with Dateline part two. A Date with Dateline, double dog dare. Double Date with Dateline. Anyways, in this lovely part <laughs> due of this week, I'm going to be recapping. Apologies as always, but the episode's Stop very good. that. And it's Mystery at Ascot Estates. Yes. Had you seen it? Yes. Ah, how many times? Maybe twice. Okay. Not a lot. I was still surprised by a couple things. Oh. I, I've mentioned this episode on the show before. What? Not when? by name, but I've mentioned the toilet seat issue on the show before. I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, and that was this episode. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, our host is Andrea Canning, and this aired, we think, July 26, 2013. Other dates online were suspicious. It's definitely not season seven, episode 18, which is the only season and episode I could get. But that is for Secrets Uncovered, which is on ID Network. So it's a season that happened in 2013. We think. We don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, if I was really proactive, what I would have done is gone back from now in the season we're in now to figure out what season we would have been in in 2013. But I feel like that would involve equations. And but we I, don't I, even, it would not, well, it would just subtraction probably, but. A subtraction equation. Yeah. So the kind of the most, <laughs> second most basic, first being addition, second being subtraction. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. But no, I feel like it's more complicated than that because seasons aren't a full year. It's like whatever the station wants it to be, you know, a season could run from October until July the next year. You don't know. Yeah. Datelines are usually a full year, but that's just because they're wacky and they like to go during the summer. Oh, good for them. Okay. Good for us. I mean, all right. So, <laughs> Good for all of us. Good for us all. God bless us. Good everyone. for you. Mystery at Ascot Estates. This takes place in South Carolina. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay, that, what's the capital of South Carolina? Raleigh, that's North, that's North Carolina. Is it Columbia? You don't know, this is your thing. This was the problem that I had because they mentioned it being in the state capital and then they keep talking about Columbia and small town. So I was like, are we in a small town? Are we in the state capital or are they the same thing? Yeah, so I didn't go back and check. Um, Probably should have. Suffice to say we are in South Carolina because The entire episode, everyone is wearing things that say USC. And for people that live in Los Angeles, that's confusing. Yeah. Because that means University of Southern California. But in South Carolina, I think that means something very different. University of South Carolina. Yeah. And the colors seem to be the same. Maroon. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's really confusing. I don't like that at all. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Anyways, in South Carolina, in a place called... Ascot Estates is where our story takes place. And Ascot Estates is a place where Southern charm meets new money. Mm. Got it. But something sinister happens here. In April 2012, on a black, on a, not a Black Friday, excuse me, on a Friday the 13th. Yes. Slightly different. I wrote Black Friday. I'm thinking shopping on the brain. You're thinking a black cat on a Friday the 13th. Sure. Black skies. No, black cats are unlucky, like Friday the 13th, like the number 13, like walking yeah. under a ladder. Sorry, I think I was also thinking of Black Christmas. 
Oh. Which is about murders. Yeah, it so. is about murders. Yeah. Okay. That's a, okay. We should watch that one. That would be fun to cover. One That'd of those great. Black Christmas movies. Ooh, I'd love that. Um, it's the sorority house one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a true story? I don't think so. I no. wish. I'm just kidding. Sorority you girls. Wish. Oh, my God. That's awful. <laughs> They're all going to come after you now. Throw their macchiatos in your face. Okay. <laughs> So in April 2012, we meet our golden couple, Brett and Tammy Parker, and they are legitimately described as a golden couple. Is it on the bingo card real quick? No, no. Golden girl is not either. Might be, should be. Mm, Okay. Just golden person or peoples? No, no. But we did get an everyone liked her, which I didn't know if that was the same as everyone loved her, which is on the bingo cards. I feel like it's the same. I mean, it's slightly less. To be honest, like is not what you want to hear from the man you're about to marry. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, did we do we have head turner on the bingo card? No. Oh, I don't that's... know how much we hear, hear that. Yeah, I guess maybe we do hear that. That could go on bit. the extreme cards. And we hear extreme. We, extreme. We hear that Tammy is a head turner and we see her picture. And I agree. I'm in agreement. She's definitely like a tall, blonde head turner. Yeah. She's pretty. She's got a big white smile. And her best friend, Angela, says she was very full of life and outgoing. We also get one other friend of Tammy right from the jump who is like a coworker friend turned best friend named Ben, who said that Tammy could sell anything. And more importantly, he is the one that tells us that Tammy has an extracurricular activity. And Tammy's extracurricular activity is that she's the lead singer of a band. Yes, she is. Called Jumpstart. It took all the strength I had not to fall apart. Exactly. Except she did it better. I thought that sounded pretty good, actually, in my headphones. Mm, That's really kind. So Jumpstart is the name of the band. Jumpstart. Yeah, that's great. Um, What kind of covers do they do? Because we only get one, and I really wish they had played us one more song, but we only got I Will Survive. I think it's only I Will Survive. It's like they come out to I Will Survive they play I Will Survive two times, and then they do an encore of I Will Survive. I don't, you know, I have a feeling that they play Don't Stop Being About Tomorrow, Don't Stop. I feel like they do that one, too. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, she was actually very, very good. I thought she had a pretty good voice. She did. I wish I could wear a red top like that, but I cannot. The one shoulder? Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard time. And did you see the USC? That's where we first see it is on that top. That sexy one-shouldered thing said USC on it? USC embroidered right between her her businesses. That's, that's something our USC people would do. All college. I, I was just surprised at how much college wear gear we're getting in this episode for no one that works at the college. No person in this episode works there. But, but that's every, just, it's the South. That's your yeah, it's bleed pride. your colors for yourself. Yeah, teams. you do. Um, for your college team? Okay, I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so then we meet someone who, whose name is not Woody Woodpecker, but it sounds almost identical to Woody Woodpecker. It's Woody Woodson or something close to that. Uh, Woody Woodson? The, like Carl Carlson from last no, week? It, it was very close. It was like Woody Woodmanson. And I was like, get out of town. No. So I wrote Woody Woodpecker. But he's the lead guitarist, and he loved Tammy. You could see it in his eyes. It was no denying. Tammy Every was the man one for him. had those car- heart- cartoon heart eyes for Tammy. 
Every single one, uh, Ben included. These uh, were all, yes, middle-aged men who were in love with her. Absolutely. Um, and he tells us, again, how talented she was. And she had a voice that was could only be described as a gift from God. It was very sweet. So in 1996, she is she leaves the market, I guess we could say. She meets Brett Parker, and they get married. Brett's the one. Uh, Woody and Ben have lost out. He mm-hmm. was... Brett is described as always playing ball growing up, um, but an injury kept him from going pro, but he still really loved to play sports and he became involved with adult softball when he was older. Um, Kimberly, do you, do you know anything about softball? I know a lot about softball, actually. Yeah. Does he seem like your typical softball player? Yes. Okay. Why? Just wondering. I just wanted to be known that you know a lot about softball in case <laughs> any of our listeners didn't know that. It's like the only sport I know a tiny bit about. I think you know a lot about it. Did you or did you not write a newsletter about softball? I did, actually. I did. How many years? Just like a couple seasons. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. No. And I never played. I just watched. But mostly I just sat with Gryffindor and um, just thought, why am I here? How many games would you say you attended over the 10-year period where you were at your place of employment? 12 years. Um, 12 years. Oh, at least 150, probably. Yeah. I was, I think you're a pro. I think you're a softball pro. No, I absorb very little of the game. (laughs) How many hats did you knit? Uh, A lot. Yeah. That's great. And Um, I had cleats in my car, which I didn't even know what they were called. I thought cleats were the things that went on your shins, but my boss bought me cleats so that I would be on the team because we needed an extra girl, a backup. Did you ever play? No, I was too scared. I almost started crying when they asked me one time. And we made a girl drive from over the hill to come out, leave a birthday party she was at and come play. Because you were so scared to play? Yeah. Yeah. I was just scared I would really embarrass myself because I was, I would let the team down and they took it really seriously. No, that's hard. I understand that. Yeah. You can't do that. So Brett Parker was maybe a really good softball player and probably had a couple pairs of cleats. We don't know. Um, we meet his best friend, whose name is Howdy Bear. I can't. What? What? Who are these people? Why are they named like this? Fozzie Bear. Howdy Bear was his name. Howdy Bear. No, Howdy. Hi, my name's Howdy Bear. Howdy, comma Bear. That would yeah, be. Could be. Anyways, Howdy, Howdy is his best friend, Brett and Howdy, which sounds like a band, maybe. I um, like that. Howdy's his best friend from softball. It's like am- Anyang. Whose name is Hello. Anya, exactly. So you think Howdy was the catcher? Okay. I really know very little about softball. You saw Howdy and you've watched a lot of softball. In your experience on these adult teams, someone I don't know which one Howdy was, to be honest. Oh, for goodness sakes. All right. He's the only older friend that we have of Brett's. And he has kind of a space between his teeth. No? Uh, We had several friends of Brett's. On the stand, but he's the only one we get a Dateline interview with. That's a man. Oh, yeah, I think all the dudes all look the same to me, okay. except the dude with the nose and the hair. The That's Brett. That's Tammy's friend. That's not yes. Brett. Oh, sorry, it's Ben. Yeah, Brett's sorry. not. That's, 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 that's Brett. You Bretterson. scared me for a second. It's like, so, not my Brett. That's that's not him. That's not Brett. Brett uh, and Tammy had two children eight years apart, and then everything goes to pot on April, on Friday the 13th in April of 2012. There is a fateful 911 call 
but this is not a normal 911 call where a man is screaming about his wife. This man is also screaming on the phone that there is a second person dead in the house. Don't, don't, don't. Brett is really, really panicking in the 911 call. He's doing a lot of, he sounds like he's pretty upset. It sounds genuine to me. What do you think? The one part where I was like, is like, Brian, he says his name really funny. Like, right, Brian, my Mm -hmm. friend. I think I I killed him. I don't know. It was funny. It was a little Queen, Queen to me. A little bit. And it's also weird because we get to see the home surveillance video of him, like, literally pacing in front of the house on the call. Um, And it kind of, you could almost match up the words with what, the 911 call is. He's very animated. He, well, he's very upset. But then at one point when he's outside, he does this like cartoon pratfall where he like flops over on his back with his legs like wide in the air in the shape of an A. Did you see that? Because <laughs> no. it's not just that he collapses onto the ground. It's that he does like a back roll onto the ground. It's like, Bleep. where you get so much momentum on your butt that you fall down towards you. You roll. You do a back roll in like in Pilates. Where you do a back roll and then you try to roll back up. It's exactly right. To strengthen right. your core muscle. I can't do that right now. Soon I'll um, be able to. Yeah. Like six Me months. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to try to. I'm going to work on it every day. Saying it right here, right now. Okay. Every day. Every day I'm going to work on my Pilates roll-ups. I don't think that's what they're called. That's the fruit roll-up. But I think it is called a roll-up. It might no, I be think called it is. a roll-up. Yeah. Maybe? Maybe. Questionable. So here's what happened. Brett is screaming in the 911 call because, like he said, there he has also shot his friend. His wife is dead inside from a gunshot, and there is another gunshot victim inside, which apparently is his friend, Brian Cap- Kapnerhurst. Kapnerhurst. I don't know. I was just really upset that there was a Brian and a Brett because I got confused the entire episode. Yeah, it was a lot of... And I watched yeah. the episode like three times and I kept being mm. like, which one's Brett and which one's Brian? Ah, um, Br- Brett has the hair, the spiky hair. Brett's the one that's alive. Correct. Brian passed away and we see one picture of Brian over and over again. I just don't know why there's only like one or two where... That must mean his family didn't want to get involved, I guess, in the dateline. Maybe. Probably not. We actually don't get anyone from his family, which I thought was surprising. This is really... The Brett and Tammy story. It's very little to do with Brian, although Brian's kind of a major part in it, seeing as it's a double homicide. Stan Smith is the first detective we meet. He heads to. <laughs> is it that is. his name? Yes, I'm telling you, the names in this were killing me. No, that's, Howdy Bear. that's the name of the guy on American Dad. Yes. The cartoon on American I know. Dad. Stan Smith. So Stan Smith heads to the scene. Um, maybe all these people are using fake names for this episode. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Tammy is found murdered and she's lying sort of between an office area and a bathroom. And the perp, I guess we could call him the robber, Brian, is lying in an upstairs attic area right next to a safe. So what had happened what they think, what they're told happened, has happened by Brett is that Tammy had been seated at her desk. She was shot in the back as Brian is approaching her with a gun and she jumps up from the desk and tries to run away. He shoots her. Brian is shot like six times all over his body. Like he has one in his arm, one in his foot, two in mm. his face, mm. a lot of times. 
Brian turns out to be a family friend and a very frequent visitor to the house. So Brett said that he was in the bathroom when Brian had arrived at the house and just told him to go upstairs and wait. Also, it's weird because he said he was there for a meeting, but that's that's another thing. If he's a friend, you're not really meeting with your friend, but maybe you are. Uh, no, he's like a colleague, too. Well, we find out that later, right? We find out that later, yeah. yeah. Um, but when he's in the bathroom, he hears shots. So he pulls up his pants, runs upstairs. Brian pulls a gun on him at the top of the stairs and tells him, we're going to the safe. So on their way up to the attic where the safe is, Brett looks over and he sees his wife's legs sticking out of the bathroom and he knows that she's probably dead. So as they're going up to the, to the safe, he's still got the gun on him by Brian. Brett remembers that he has a gun. I, this is unclear, near or around the safe. And he decides that it's either going to be him or me. And they repeat that multiple times through the episode, this him or me mentality. Um, and somehow he is able to grab this mysterious hidden gun that's next to the safe and whirls around and surprises Brian and shoots him six times. Yeah, why Brian wasn't looking at him is unclear. Yeah, um, he was checking the time. So then Brett runs, checks on Tammy. Tammy's gone. He sees that she's dead, runs outside and calls 911. So the police find two guns at the scene and they find Brian's gym bag. I I'm not sure why Brian had br brought his gym bag into the house we find out a little more about that later, but it was anyways. A, a cardio meeting. Yeah, there we go. They were going to pump weights. They were going to pump iron. Okay, yeah. that would make sense. That's so, not cardio. That's strength training. Excuse me. Yeah, it's a strength training meeting. Yeah. They should have said that then. So Brian's um, gym bag, at the very top of the gym bag, there is some ammo and an empty magazine clip sticking out. So Stan asks the logical question of... Stan Smith asked the logical <laughs> question of why did you have this issue if this guy is such a good friend of yours? So turns out that Brett is, well, I mean, he's a full-time medical supply salesman, but he also has a side job as a bookie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and he pulls get, the cop aside to tell him that. Yeah, because it's, it's very hush-hush. So is being a bookie an illegal career? You're not really supposed to be a bookie? Is it like being a weed dealer? Yeah, I think so, because gambling's usually illegal, right? Right. It's probably illegal in South Carolina. I would think. it's So if you're making bets, you can't, like, go to a place. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I also don't know why you would need a bookie to make a bet, but I'll. this is all just a little outside of my scope. I'll have to ask Oliver it's later. It's like a travel agent. You could mm -hmm. just book yourself, mm -hmm. but you might get better deals or better info if you go through a travel agent. But does the bookie get a cut? Probably. I see. So why in the world would you go through a bookie? Maybe they front. No, they don't front the money. They'll be, break your kneecaps if you miss lose the money. Oh, you know, I, don't... I saw uncut gems and I guess I did not understand it that much. So I'm a little embarrassed now because I I saw that movie. I should really understand that world more. That's okay. I I think that Andrea understood it. I was distracted by um, Adam Sandler's teeth. He, did he have fake teeth in? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but Andrea understands the world of bookies 
and says that, but he's not like a Sopranos kind of bookie where you break someone's kneecaps. And Howdy Bear back again tells us no, that he is a very gentle bookie. Yeah. He was the gentlest of bookies. <laughs> um, and he also says that every small town has got a bookie. And he says it in a way with like kind of a shrug, you know, every small town has a bookie. Oh, well, I know why, because it's not like basing, it's not like putting, um, putting bets on at the horse race where you can do that. You're betting the bookie is the one managing all of these bets. So you're actually placing the bet like through him. He's not the go-between. He's the actual betting connection. So it's like you tell him what you want to bet on and other people are betting against whatever, but it's all going through that bookie. And then he has to pay out the winners and the lo- take the money from the losers. So are you betting against other people in the town? Whoever else that bookie knows, yeah. Oh, okay. That's an, all right, that makes sense. Um, or just against the, I guess, whatever the spread. I don't, still don't really understand what the spread is. Um, I don't really get that. So maybe I should stop talking now. Spread is the odds. Is it? Nope, not sure. All right, moving on. I think it's like the points score of the game. So I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Turns out, insert really smart sounding stuff here. So turns out that Brian is another bookie. He kind of works for Brett. So he's like an under bookie, but he also has like a- He's an apprentice bookie? Yeah, under bookie, side bookie, right? Little bookie. Junior. Baby bookie. Intern bookie. Intern bookie. For college credit. For college. So he has a normal job as like a community worker who like coaches kids part-time, but he's also a bookie on the side. This town is, this is funny. This is some funny stuff going on in this town. I think people are bored. And so they're like- Yeah. Place of bets. I'm guessing it goes on everywhere. We're just not aware of it. Oh, I'm sure. So the cops find out that Brett owed Brian $20,000. Brian had some money problems recently, and it looks like he went to the house to demand payment and to force Brett to open the safe to collect his money. Tammy was basically just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, But didn't he think she would be there, like her car, if her car was there or something? Like, he's, it seems like he's acting so surprised that she was there, that he shot her. Like, I had a lot of questions about that, about like, because there's a ton of cars that we see. Is it possible that she drives multiple different cars? There were like six cars in that outdoor like carport area. They have a huge mansion. So did he just think that maybe her car? Was that at the crime scene photo? It's in the surveillance video. Oh. You see all the cars. Yeah. Then I'm guessing they had a lot of cars. Yeah. I'm not sure what his plan was. Also, do they have a housekeeper and where are the children? where's the body where's the children where's the housekeeper yeah i don't know you know they've got a housekeeper yeah where the how old are the children at this point uh five and 13 okay i don't know maybe they're at school i don't it's april friday the 13th yeah they're at school yeah okay there we solved that mystery so Mm -hmm. where the housekeeper is we'll never know maybe she has fridays off so (laughs) Um, we don't even know if she, they have one. We're just saying. Yeah. So then we find out the family had just, the family being Brett and Tammy and children's, had just returned from a family cruise. And 
all of the friends were like, this was, you know, the happiest we'd ever seen them. They had a the great time on the cruise. Everything was wonderful. Some sort of comment about them coming back tanned and happy. And then they all felt that it was kind of a form of justice that Brian had been shot in the process of this whole thing because he had shot wonderful Tammy. So this was poetic justice that Brian himself had been killed. But then Andrea says the classic Dateline line of, but things aren't always as they seem. And we know that because we're only 15 minutes in. So we know that that's probably not the end of the story. So the then cruise we meet... was a LuLaRoe cruise. Exactly. There we go. So then Tammy we Tammy meet... had won it selling Madeline shirts. Oh, God. Then we meet Sheriff Leon Lott. Again, with the names. Um, he starts to look into the events of the day and all the evidence. And the first thing that he notices is that, well, he doesn't notice it. Actually, a female detective who had been on the scene that day noticed that the toilet downstairs, this is your, this is what you had brought up. The toilet Did you, seat, were you about to say, this is your toilet thing, Kimberly? This is the toilet moment. The your toilet beloved seat, toilet. The toilet seat was up. And he had said that he had been using the bathroom downstairs. Also, we're just dancing around the fact that he was going number two when Brian arrived. We don't know that. I've heard of men that sit. No, that's true. But I, he wouldn't right? be like. I don't really get it. Okay, here's the difference. I don't get he, the anatomy If he was issue. going number two, he wouldn't say, if he was just urinating, he would say, hang on, I'll be out in a second. If he was going number two, he'd say, why don't you go wait upstairs? I'll be there in a minute. Oh, he great He needed point. a few more minutes. He did. He, you're, you're right. It wasn't smooth sailing in there. It was going to be a bit of an effort. He was right. going to read some magazines. Toilet seat down. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, was there anything in the toilet? Because I guarantee you he didn't flush. So did we have evidence in the toilet? We don't know that he didn't flush. They didn't tell us that he didn't flush. He didn't flush. If he hears gunshots, he didn't flush. But because here's... this is a big part of the defense later, right? So that would have played into it too. Well, no, because they're saying that it's totally normal that the toilet seat would be... Wait, I'm no. confused now. Okay, sorry. They say later, later in the trial, this comes up again. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to the toilet and I'll explain what I mean about whether there's waste in the toilet. Okay. <laughs> the second thing was the ammo that was in the gym bag, the box of bullets and the empty magazine clip were all on the top of all of his gym clothes. Again, the gym bag is confusing to me. It's all just sitting on the top of it. And the video surveillance shows him pulling up to the shows, Brian pulling up to the house, grabbing his bag, slinging over his shoulder like there's nothing like it's just clothes and walking into the house. They said with him tossing the bag around like that, all of the heavy items would have gone down to the bottom of the bag. They would not be resting on the top. Totally buy that. What did they it, have? Fists? No, it also doesn't make any sense because, of course, they're on the top because he had to get them out to get the gun. Right. Great So point. even if they had fallen to the yeah, bottom of the know. bag. Yeah, we don't know. He opened the bag. Like, when he's walking into the house, the bag is closed. So he opened it. He could have easily just moved them. Well, he had to to get it out because he had to pick up the gun. So that theory doesn't, I don't like it. That theory doesn't make any sense to me. Next, next problem that they find is that the times are off. Brian arrives at the house at 1231. 
911 is called at 1242. Yeah. How does that seem off? They're saying that's way too much time. Yeah, I don't think that's too much time. I think if you're in shock because you just shot your friend and your yeah. wife has been shot. Yeah. I mean, you would probably call faster because you maybe would hope they could save your wife, even if it's apparent that she's dead. But I could it's see not- shock being nine minutes. I'm sorry. Are we also just assuming that he walked in the house, boom, pulled out the gun and shot Tammy? He didn't. Wait, he came what's, in. what's the time? How are they establishing the time? 1231. Is when Brian, Brian walked arrives. in. 1231. Mm-hmm. 911 is called at 1242. Yeah, that's... It's nine minutes. Yeah, that's that's not weird at all. Because he could have come in the house, chit-chat, chit-chat, gone upstairs, mm-hmm. talked to Tammy, talked to Tammy, boom, boom, boom. He would have had to get the gun ready. Right, so maybe it's not Brian that waited nine minutes to call 911. It's not. This None of this makes any sense. I don't like it when they're, like, laying this. Stan Smith's kind of, and the sheriff are, like, laying out all this stuff, like, this is a slam dunk, and I'm like, none of... I'm unimpressed. I'm, I'm a layperson, and this is not, I can make sense of this, and I'm yeah. not even a lawyer. Yeah. So, uh, now the biggest problem, also, they had to go all the way up to the attic to get to the safe. This is a giant house. Yeah, that's true. That's a good six minutes. Yeah. That's a nice We don't walk. know. You get your okay. steps in in that house. That takes there a minute. Go. That's what you need, a big house. Plus, he was pooping. Like, that takes a while. Well, no, but I'm saying he jumped up when he heard the shot, which is why, again, it becomes important to know what's in the toilet bowl. But we'll get back to that. So I feel like it isn't it always I feel like, honestly, all of this is not important and doesn't really point to him as being the killer. The next problem that they have is that why did Brett go outside to call the cops? Why wasn't he inside calling the cops, holding his wife and trying to do CPR? He hardly has any blood on him. Maybe he didn't want to be in the same room as the guy that he killed. That was his He's best not. friend. The guy in the house is in the the guy that he killed is in the attic. But yeah, but still, he wanted yeah, to get out of the house because he was going to throw up. I know. I also need a schematic of the house because I don't know how far the attic is from the office bathroom area where she was shot. But then also, I don't think it's abnormal if where was she shot? Because if she's obviously dead, he's not going to try CPR on her. Yeah, was she, she was shot, shot in, in the, the head. throat. Right. Right. Um, so now the, not, the next thing is the thing that I think makes them the angriest and really makes them go after him. But they say it last. Within 24 hours, um, Brett tells them that, like, he tells the cops that he'd never had an affair. And within 24 hours, the cops find out they search his phone and see sexy texties with a young lady. Now, they don't say sexy texties, though. They don't. I'm going, I'm, I'm saying that. But um, they say young lady. How young is young? I don't know. Rosemary? Is it, is it 90 Day Fiance quality? I is don't Rose- know. Okay. But again, we've seen that before. People lie to the cops all the time just because they don't want everything to get misconstrued. They don't want to think. Right. They- but I think it makes you look guilty. I think that all that other stuff might not have been looked at as hard if they ha- if he had been straight up about the affair from the jump. Well, and he had the perfect opportunity. He pulled the cop aside to tell him he was a bookie. Just, but hey, and, and I'm occasionally yeah. banging a bank teller. Yeah, that's all yeah. you have to and- do. With the alliteration, they may have thought it was charming. Yeah. Right. You're they you're say a charmer, how charming Brett. he is. Yeah. Right. There we go. And they repeatedly say how charming he is. I was like, 
Him? He's all right. I mean, he's not un, not not charming. He's just not the most charming. Half half charming. Half charm. Now we cut really quick. I know this isn't important, but we cut really quick to Tammy's friend Angela, um, who has a gut feeling that something isn't right. Is she the one with the sweater around her waist? Uh, I mean, her, her sweater shoulders. around her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. She has a gut feeling, Kimberly. Something's not right. Yeah. So she calls the police. Her friend and, was shot. Right. And the other guy was shot. Two people were, were shot. And they were all gamblers. And it's shocking. <laughs> That's kind of the sense I get. Um, she calls the police to tell them that Brett is lying. But that is literally all the information we get. What's he lying about? What is he lying about? Or does she just call and say, she I have a gut knows. feeling he's lying, period. Drop, phone drop. That's it. She's a, a maybe a nosy Nelly. Yes. It doesn't sound good. I need specifics from you, Angela. She like, just has what a feeling. Exactly. Right. Don't call the police for that. Don't jump she, on the bandwagon and be like, oh, he did it. And then she's going around and telling people. I don't know if she's doing that. But I didn't get a good feeling because we didn't get any specifics from her. Well, maybe she knew something about their marriage, but she doesn't want to tell us for some reason. Well, she wasn't on the stand. Yeah, it's true. She probably wasn't called for a reason. You're down on Angela. Was it the sweater? No, I'm fine with her. I didn't like that. It's not her per se. It's the fact that we don't get to know what he was lying about. Right. Which of these five things that I just said were you talking about, Angela? Or just all? Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways, it seems like she's stoking the flame. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Okay. So then the cherry on top of the cake, the thing that makes the sheriff the most suspicious of all is that Brett lawyers up right away within a week. And I, don't, the lawyer, I don't find that that weird either. I if I either. shot someone in self-defense, I would call a lawyer before I called 911. I think they just like, don't like, yeah, I think they honestly just. They just, are looking for yeah. things and they don't like the fact that he got a lawyer. And I think they're not a fan of his lawyer. Well, no one is to be fair. David Fedor Esquire, <laughs> who's pos- What's 90? What's wrong with his hair? Is he in his 90s? He looks, he walks, he walks and looks like Kate McKinnon's impression of Jeff's sessions. Yes, correct. Um, And at one point in his B-roll, he's sitting in a fancy leather desk chair that is so too tall for him. And it looks like he's a little boy sitting at his dad's desk. And the bigger the chair, the closer to God. Yeah. It's really funny. It's really And there's he's, something um, about his hair that I can't understand what's happening. Because it's I like, think when you get buzzed. older and you still have a lot of hair, your hair turns into like flossy. Yeah, maybe. But parts of it were like... Wispy. Yeah, wispy. But like poofy. Like I would touch the sides and it would be like soft bristles. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Interesting. There's different layers to that haircut, like levels that I didn't understand. There were like things going on, like a one side and the top part and the left side. The all, Every side was a different haircut. There is a chance that he also didn't know what was going on and that he's had the same barber since he was a little boy, which means his barber is 107. <laughs> yeah. And so the barber is just like, give me the Cary Grant. And he's like, you've always gotten the Gregory Peck and goes in and like starts cutting and then falls asleep. Well, we'll never know. So anyways, Fedor is uh, he's also a charmer. He's just got some good lines. He's not charming at all, but he's very elderly. And And he's Southern. And he also just doesn't care anymore. He's gotten to the point like that when old people spit out gum on the sidewalk, they just don't care anymore. It's like, F it. I'm littering. I don't care. Stop me. Yeah. 
I don't care like about the planet anymore. <laughs> I, I like I feel like he used to be really sharp as attack, and now like, but he's still saying those catchphrases that have won over juries in the past, and he tries to win over Andrea with these same catchphrases and expressions. Oh, and I think she, definitely. She's not falling for it. Yeah, not as much as he would like. I think he would like her to fall for it more. But he says that anyone in a situation like Brett is in that doesn't immediately retain an attorney needs psychiatric help. Yeah. That's a quote. Yeah, yeah. It's that severe. Yes. He doesn't, it's a very strong statement. Fedora says that the reason that Tammy is shot is so that Brian wouldn't have any witnesses. Brian shoots Tammy first so that there would be no witnesses to his burglary. So Andrea doesn't understand why Brian would commit the burglary with the wife as home, which is the million dollar question. And Fedora, instead of answering that with a theory, says, well, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> so basically, I don't, but, know. I don't but know. That's your job, sir. No. That's his co-counsel's job. Okay. Fedora's just the name. So um, then she said, well, I think a lot of people would find that really hard to believe that he would go and do this burglary when Tammy's at home. And he says, well, some people don't believe that planes would fly in the sky, but they do. <laughs> what? What's that? What is he doing? Because he is so old that planes did not fly when he was younger. And what they do? Walk? What are you talking about? There were no planes? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't born before he, the Wright brothers. He... I think Andrea are has people no that don't be, I think he's saying no, he, people find it hard to believe ha, that how they can fly. Not he like doesn't say that, That though. they fly. No one's like going plane... Like, there are no flat earthers being like, planes aren't actually flying, you guys. They're but again, sliding around on the surface of the clouds. We couldn't have picked a better analogy for this. I understand no. what he's trying to do, but there there are about a million different. Okay, anyway, he used that was his it choice once of on a jury, and it it hit home. It, yeah, Not twenty guilty. years ago. Yeah. So Brett invites Sheriff Leon to come and walk through his house with him, so we can walk him through exactly what happened that day. It totally backfires. They end up, the sheriff and Brett end up sitting at the dining room table. And the sheriff says, basically, I don't believe a word you're saying and you're totally a suspect. And I would have said, talk to me more with those steely blue eyes, Mr. Sheriff man. Because oh. the sheriff was a good looking older gentleman. And has won many awards and accolades because there are just rows of trophies behind his head. So either they're all on a thousand intramural sports teams, which mm -hmm. I'm also suspecting, and that's what the bookie is for, that they're betting on their own intramural sports leagues. Oh. This is the theory I have. That's illegal. Mm -hmm. That's what that um, Rose guy got in trouble for. That's in why baseball. I think you're see, I think that's why you're taking that's why he's taking people aside and saying, I'm a bookie. Well, he would I, be like, You already know because you bet with me. I so, bet on the Red Beavers last week. And then he's like, oh, but the Red Beavers lost. But then they would not want to prosecute him if he was their bookie because he could flip all this around and get all of them in trouble. But maybe he maybe maybe they want him off the streets because they're losing so much money. <laughs> but he could still <laughs> flip on them and get them all in trouble. OK, I'll have to think about this a little more. I'll get back <laughs> to you. Let me continue on for now. OK, so three months after the murders, Brett Parker is arrested. 
Big surprise. He's charged with a double murder. Fedora thinks that they took so long to arrest him because they have no case. It's a high-profile killing in a small town, and they wanted to make the most of it. That is the most sense that Fedora makes the entire time. Yeah. That sentence. Brett's family and friends, of course, all think that he's wrongfully accused. Actually, no, not of course. I'm glad they do. They stick by him. Um, Even Woody Woodpecker doesn't think he did it, and he loved Tammy. They called Woody to be a character witness. He said, I'd do it, but they don't get, he doesn't but, get. But Tammy's side of the family and Tammy's friend with the, in the band, no, the guys. They, no, the guy in the band is Woody Woodpecker, and they called him to be, he did not think Brett did it. So I don't know when Woody flips, because we see Woody in the literally, Woody's on camera telling us that he didn't think Brett did it. They called him to be a character witness. The next shot we get is the courthouse where we see they show us Brett's side of the family all on one side and then Tammy's friends and family on the other, all in blue to support Tammy. And there's Woody Woodpecker in blue. So if Woody is supporting, who is he supporting? That's Brett why I'm confused. I thought I was, they were all supporting Tammy and thinking that he did it. Go back. You're going to be amazed. Woody has a moment and he says that he was called to be a character witness. He would have been called. Well, maybe they are wearing blue to support Tammy, even though they don't think that Brett did it, they think that Brian did it, but she still died. So I'm, I'm hoping that's it and that this is just a mistake that Dateline didn't make a mistake. They just misspoke. Maybe? No. Because they, they make it seem like the blue people are only are against Yeah, Brett. that's what I thought. So I don't know. It's a little confusing. Um, And Woody is very, It's he's not, he's hard to miss. He's very distinct yes. looking. Yes. So um, anyways, the prosecutor comes out. She's an awesome black lady in a great fitting suit. Looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, she like in comparison to our old man attorney. And correct. then you have the young, hip, well-spoken elevator goes all the way up to the top. Yeah. She's like on it and she's young. Yeah. She's like maybe 29, it seems like. Um, so anyways, Brett had strayed twice in his marriage. The prosecution points out, not just once, once with a woman out of town who we don't meet and several times with the local bank teller. The bank teller is on the stand, cute as a button. Um, She says that Brett used to do pillow talk with her. And one time he told her that he and Tammy actually slept on separate floors in their house. They did not sleep on the same floor. The house had multiple floors. Do you think that they had sexy um, code words for like, I'd like to make a deposit and During then, sexy texty? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And he'd be like, how big of a interest am I going to get? Exactly. I need my to do account. a rather large transfer into yeah. your account. Yeah. Yeah. That's poor, that's nasty. Yeah. I could, we could and sit here all day And it doesn't totally make sense because she was the teller. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't totally make sense. But so she would, okay, what well, let's, what well, is would fine. A withdraw. No. Would I would be, like to open. A savior. Okay, never mind. <laughs> what sort of credit card? Okay, never mind. Let's go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep our, it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans in- engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. So then the prosecution calls Tammy's friend Ben to the stand. And this is the bomb drop of the whole case. Oh, see, Ben is who I, I, Ben is the one I saw wearing blue, which I knew Ben was against. No, you saw Woody's on the very end. Woody is the larger gentleman on the, the first person in the shot. I thought that was Ben. You have people blindness this episode, and I'm upset because I try to pay attention for people during your recaps, and you have decided. No, because I know I recognize because he has a distinctive nose and distinctive. So does Woody, but they are two two very different sizes and length of hair. Yeah. Okay. Okay, hmm. but I but Ben is also wearing blue, and he might be sitting next to Woody, but Woody's on the end. Okay, then I only noticed Ben. And you are correct, because Ben is never on Brett's side. Because come to find out, three years ago, they had sexy texty. Tammy and Ben. I don't feel like they were texting as much. I don't know if Ben is a texter. I feel like they had a thing for like maybe a month. And Ben is building it up a little more than it was. I think Tammy was unhappy and bored. And Ben had always loved her. And she gave in to have something different and exciting. But if she didn't tell her friends about it, it wasn't serious, Ben. I don't know. People take do keep big secrets from their friends. Wink, wink. But, I hate. I'm quitting this podcast right but now. But I just meant I didn't mean that they didn't have a lot of sex. I meant they didn't have the texty stuff. Cause just because I don't think he, I think he wasn't good at texting. I think Ben's really rich. I think Ben has. Did you see Ben's house with like the gazebo? No. Oh. And the veranda. So Ben is single though. And treats the ladies right. We don't know if Ben's single. We do not get confirmation we on We don't that. know if it was a dual affair. We don't. Okay. We don't know. Um, but I was shocked at this, and I've seen this episode multiple times, and I forget every time that they slept together. Yeah, because it's he's just built up as this bandmate who always kind of fancied her. That's not her. the bandmate. That's not the bandmate. I thought there ben were two the, bandmates. No ben, no, ben is the work friend. They met years ago. He was a salesman friend. Woody is the only bandmate, and Ben is the big interview. Woody, we talked to twice. Okay, that's Woody made that's no it. impression with me. <laughs> Sorry, Woody. It's all right. It's okay. Who is he, who is Howdy though? I'm done. I, we're we're moving on. So now Brett's old friend and also another bookie, what the Lenny Gunter takes the stand and says that four months before the murder, Brett was actually thinking about a separation from Tammy. And was he was giving him advice, like, wait through the holidays, which all of this made me, like, kind of sweaty. Because I'm like, if Oliver was going to his friends and they were like, just stick it out, do me a favor, tell me now. Don't wait for the holidays. Don't wait for my birthday. That's like people, like, I don't want to break up with them because it's their birthday. Yeah. Break up with them. Yeah. Do and them a favor. He makes it sound like it was for the kids, too. And I'm like, I hate that too. Ugh. That's the kids. That's, I understand a little bit more, but I, like, I think it's worse if the your guys are fighting or something. But but was he like a um, an enemy? So he was a friendly bookie. Like they weren't competing bookings. 
Like, Under, wouldn't they be in competition with each other? I don't know. He's confiding in him about his marriage. I feel like we're on a bookie ladder and Lenny might be the top of the ladder. Lenny might be kingpin bookie and Brian's under him. No, sorry. Brett's under him. And then Brian's a few rungs down. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. So I really like what Andrea says next. She says a bad marriage is one thing, but murder is another. Because the prosecution keeps harping on that their marriage wasn't all that everyone thought it was. So finally, the prosecution switches their motive to money, which makes a lot more sense because, okay, it's a bad marriage, but it's not bad enough for someone to kill the other person. Money. Let's get to the money. Yeah. So Brett had made the biggest mistake a bookie bookie could make and had been making bets himself. He had been betting. He was a gambler. I didn't know that until Andrea said that it's like a drug user tasting their own, getting high right. on their own supply. Their own stash. Right, exactly. No, it rhymes. It's supply because it's high and then it rhymes, I think. That's good. I like that. I think you're right. Um, but I but did not know that that was a rule. I think it's a rule. Don't Anyways, poop where you eat. There we go. Poop so, sitting down. With the toilet seat down. With poop your with the toilet seat down. And your feet on a squatty potty. It's better for your lumbar. Yeah. Yeah. So Brett was in super deep debt. He was also a really bad gambler. He's a really bad. That made me feel bad. I'm like, oh, he's a bookie and he's bad at it. That sucks. What and is that, he? Th- that I don't just like. He just likes it, or he thinks he's gonna get better. Yeah, I think you always think right when you start to lose then you chase it and you make bigger and bigger bets trying to make up for what you've lost and that's how you get in the hole to where he was which was $101,000 that's oh. how you get in a hole like that um and this is not the first time that he'd been in a hole that deep i guess a few years back he had been his marriage he'd almost gotten a divorce then because he had lost $100,000 but his dad bailed him out daddy came to the rescue where's daddy yeah what does he think of this situation is is daddy fedor is Fedor actually his father? Grandfather. Grandfather. Great grandfather. Okay. So this was supposedly, this murder was supposedly a way out of a shaky marriage and his gambling debt. With the payout from Tammy's 401k and a life insurance policy, the total would have been around $1 million. That's a pretty Brad. good motive. It definitely is. Um, the now, a really weird thing happens now, and Brett is rushed to the hospital during the trial. Yeah, he wasn't Did feeling good. Did you remember good. this? Because the medical examiner is going into detail on Tammy's injuries and how she died. Um, if it was a ploy, it's bad. Because if I was a juror, I'd be like, Mm-mm. It always will feel like a ploy, I think. That's what sucks for like people who are actually fainting. Is it always looks dumb. And like but not like this. It. In a trial, it looks bad. Yeah, well, we've seen a few people collapse, collapse while they're on trial, and it always looks like you're faking it. But sometimes it gets really hot and stuffy in there. Yeah, I'm sure. And you're under an immense amount of pressure. Yeah. Here's how the prosecution say the murders happened. They say that what happened is Brett kills Tammy earlier in the day, um, upstairs in that little area. And then the reason they think that is because at 1225, the home security camera that's showing, like it's showing the front door, you see someone sort of flick the blinds, like they're looking out the front door. So they move the blinds to the side and gunshot residue is found on those blinds. Mm. So they said that he was looking out the window, waiting for the fall guy to come. He was waiting for Brian. 
So Brian gets there and he completely stages the crime scene. He kills Brian, stages the scene with him in the attic. Um, But he must have shot him in the attic because there's no way that Brett would be able to carry Brian's body up to the attic. Yeah, that's a good point. And that means that I'm getting ahead of myself, but it also means that then Brian would have walked by her legs, too. Um, we don't know the layout, though. Oh, we do, because he walked he walked by it when he went upstairs, so... So however you're getting to the attic, you must have to go through that room. Unless he held a gun on him. Unless he held a gun on him and said, walk, walk upstairs. He might have. Yeah. Okay, good point. So the flip of what we think of what Brett says happens. Mm-hmm. Brett's holding the gun on Brian. So stages the ammo and puts the gun in Brian's hand. Uh, Brian's friend gets up and testifies that Brian would never have a gun. Never, ever, none, zero, never, ever Yeah, have he's a gun. way too sure. Really sure, but very convincing. Very like, convincing, but then do you ever really know anyone? Right. Don't be that I, sure. You got to be, then, like, really sure, but he's like, I would kill myself right now if you said he had a gun. I would never think that you would have a gun. That's true, but what if I surprised you? Maybe. Okay, so, I mean, you're full of secrets, apparently. So, (laughs) Brian was shot in the arm, and they said that how would he, he would not be able to still have the gun in his hand when he was found on the ground, the way that he had the gun. Right. There's no way he still could have been holding the gun after being shot in the arm, Uh, which is a good point. So, now it's the defense's turn. Um, Fedor tells us that he thinks Brett is a fine young man, but he's not a genius. And Andrea smiles at that. Yeah, because I'm not sure if Fedora is either. Um, so I think Fedora used to be smart again. He he thinks that it would have taken a genius to like concoct this plan. He's like, well, I couldn't do. Yeah, and we're like, oh well. Oh so, yeah, because Andrea says, do you think it would take a genius? And he says, like, well, I don't. I think I'm pretty. What does he say? I think I'm pretty bright. I think but I'm I, pretty smart, and I don't think I could do it. But Andrea definitely thinks she could do it. And I think Andrea probably could too, if she needed to. So I'm pleasantly surprised to see that Fedora is not giving the opening statement. His co-counsel is, and his co-counsel has a voice that if you don't look at him, sounds a lot like John Hamm in Mad Men. And I was like, oh, that's a smart choice. Very strong. Yeah, it was good. It was a good opening statement. So turns out that the money that he owes to his bookie friend who's on the stand is absolutely no big deal at all. The questions they ask the friend, they say, so if he had called you and said, hey, I really can't pay this back, the friend like kind of shrugs and goes, yeah, we would have worked something out. It's not a big deal. Right. They're making a way bigger deal about this. Um, but it wasn't at a hundred grand. Yeah, but I think it's just, I think it's not the kind of a hundred grand that he was in debt before, which may have been like in Las Vegas or maybe not his local bookie. I think the local bookie is more like he's good for it eventually. I'm just not going to let him place any more bets. Right. That kind of thing. Um, so then we get a life insurance agent on the stand who says that he tried to sell. He he tried really hard to sell Brett life insurance on Tammy. Yeah, I love this guy. He seems very confused by why he's on the stand. And yeah, he also takes a really long time to answer the questions. It's it's great, though, because they're like, did you uh, did he did he? Well, they phrase it weird, too, because they're like, did he? end up buying a policy from you. And he goes, nope. It turns out Tammy had taken out the life insurance policy on herself. And Brett has never taken a dime. Had never, it had been immediately signed over to the children. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I feel like, 
I have questions for this jury. That may have gotten me, that one. So now the blinds with the gunshot residue. They have a forensic expert come on the stand and say that easily in April, when you're using the air conditioning, gunshot residue is going to fly around. It could be on the blinds. It could be all over. I've never heard that before. I think in the concentration that it was on the blinds, it wasn't heavily concentrated. I think that that's what their point was, is they're making it seem like it was only in that spot. Yeah. It was probably all over the room. They just didn't test all mm-hmm. over the room. Mm-hmm. They tested where they saw in the video. So now they're going to go for the toilet seat. The toilet seat being up was a habit because they have a five-year-old son and the five-year-old son is constantly running in the door and would just go to that bathroom downstairs. So they left it up for him. Everyone in the house left it up for him. Now, was there excrement in the toilet? <laughs> Do you think that it that it makes sense that it was just a habit, that if you heard gunshots, you would lower, I mean, raise the toilet seat as a matter of habit? No, I don't. I don't think that I would as a matter of habit. I think it's, I think I would be more panicked than that, but I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I I could kind of see it. Yeah, I think I could kind of see doing it. And even though you heard gunshots. Right. Like if I'm trying to think of the equivalent, like would you flush and you heard a gunshot, like I would, I might flush because it was just force of habit. I don't know. You think you would flush? You'd go that far? I think people like hear gunshots and then they like run out of the room, but they like remember to turn the lights off and weird things like that. You know, maybe because your body, your body is so ingrained with these habits that maybe it's just instinct and you're not thinking about it. Absolutely. So I I think that that could be plausible. But I think it's enough plausibility, right? Mm -hmm. That it could be an automatic reaction. Yeah, you can't say for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the defense says also there's not enough. Another thing the forensic evidence said, uh, forensic evidence person says is that there's not enough gunshot residue on his hands to have fired both weapons. This is a really good point. Mm. The levels should be extremely high for firing both a nine millimeter and whatever the other one is. Um, Brian, Brian also had gunshot residue on his hands. That's big. That's huge. Now, as far as holding the gun in his hand, Brian clutching the gun, the defense say it's a death grip, which I've heard of before, too, where your body just seizes up and you squeeze it tighter. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And now we I get would this have really... liked to have heard a doctor say explain that a scientist a death grip. Yeah, me too. Um, the next thing that I was really frustrated with is that we get a very quick interview with a friend of Brett's saying that he saw Brian handling a gun at Brett's house. Yeah, which makes that guy, that's why you're never should be that sure of anything. Exactly. Because now you look like an idiot. Well, you... no, because that guy never went to trial. That guy wasn't wasn't called to trial. He was, that's what was interesting is that Dateline just interviewed him, but that guy well, wasn't on that trial. that guy will still look like an idiot to us, the Dateline viewer, just not mm-hmm. to the people in the courtroom. So convinced. Wow, so convinced. So, like, never. Not not even equipped. Never, ever, in any way. Never, no way. Never happened. Never would happen. Never. I also feel like he's projecting. I feel like that guy doesn't like guns. So he keeps saying that because his friend promised him he didn't like guns. And then it turns out his friend really did like guns. Yeah, he's going to feel really dumb and really bad about that. I was lied to. That's yeah. a bummer. That'd he, be like me he saying, told me no, she, he didn't like guns. She never ate meat. Never. Ever, never. And then you have like secret pepperoni stashes. 
you had like pepperoni on a pizza a few years ago and sometimes you'll buy pepperoni. Yeah. Because I would be like, she'd never had pepperoni on her ever. Uh And and they were like, well, we found pepperoni in her stomach at the time. And then they, you'd be like, and then you'd be like, I didn't, I didn't know her as well as I thought I did. And then you would go cry in the shower. It would be a lot of that. Um, Force fed. Like in now, seven. Oh, stop. Why'd you go there? So even more important than this man who's never on trial, we get Brooke, who is Brett and Tammy's daughter. She's 16 at the time of the trial, and she goes on the stand and confirms that, yes, Brett gave Brian a gun. It was this big thing, conversation about family safety, blah, blah, blah. So now that guy looks like an idiot again, because now we have two people. Confirming. And she's crying on the stand, which oh, is definitely the precious moment. And yeah, Brett's crying. Yeah, she seems like a good girl. She seems like a she nice does. girl. And I have a fashion police. She's my only fashion police. Um, So a good one. Oh. So now in a surprise move, Brett takes the darn stand. Uh, he seems pretty it's genuine. It's usually a bad sign. Right. I was surprised. But Fedor, I don't know. I don't know what kind of an attorney he is. So... He tells the whole story of the day of the shooting. He gets a little emotional, but not really tears. His nose kind of turns a little red, but um, he insists that he will love Tammy forever, no matter what troubles they had. And then he starts crying more. I don't I don't know if it's this good or was, bad. It was the kind of um, where he says, like, and then I mm-hmm. saw, like, he's pausing, like, can't get the words out. He seems a little coached. It's a little, well. Rehearsed. Yeah, maybe. I didn't see tears, but I thought it was an interesting, um, an interesting acting choice of that way to cry because it's not like a pretty cry, but it felt it feels like more of a real cry, like he was watching someone actually cry and not be able to get words out, and then he copied it. Okay, but could would it be real? Could be real. I was not sure. Would it be more convincing if he had just like plowed through the story? Because I think about it being on the stand, I'd be like, I would just want to get it done. Tell the story as no, fast as you can. Because juries aren't that smart. They'll be like, why didn't he cry? They're not thinking of like the emotional toll testifying is taking that he yeah. just wants to tell his story. So I think the guy told him to cry. I don't like that. I wonder if the guy told him to go to the hospital. I wonder if the guy told him to like pass out when they were doing the thing, like have such an emotional reaction to the wife. Oh, God. Yeah, maybe he did tell him that. I know. Because he saw it used once 35 years ago. Right. And he and said it worked. it worked. Yeah. Right. Anyways, closing arguments. We have beautiful, powerful black prosecutor number two. Yeah. With amazing hair. Um, yeah. Gets up. And unfortunately, she goes up against old man Frodo. And he's he gives the closing argument, not John Hamm. Hot shot. It's not good. Um. It takes the jury just three hours for the verdict of guilty. The teenage daughter is bawling. It's kind of awful. Uh, He gets life. They don't say life without parole or with, so I'm curious. They just say life. Howdy is very upset because he lost his best friend. Frodo is upset, um, or Fedora is upset. Sorry, I don't know why I started writing Frodo. Because he, uh, well, he's upset because- one ring controls them all. Well, actually, Kimberly, did you know- He's upset because he's an Irishman and everything weighs heavily on him. And I really wanted him to break into like some Gaelic. I wanted him to like singing Danny Boy. 
Cut to Andrea's like death stare. She is not having it. You don't no. think Danny boy in front of Andrea trying to get a reaction. She's no, not going to move her, buddy. It's not. I know. That's and so then, amazing. And then he says it actually upsets him more because he's represented a lot of people who he thinks were guilty. And Brett was one of the ones who truly didn't do it. And I was like, oh, that's the nicest thing you've said this whole time. Um, so then you should have done a better job, bro. Yeah. And not then we, seemed like such a bumbling. I think they did a good job. I think the jury was going to convict. I don't know. I feel like there was enough here unless there's stuff we didn't see. But I feel like there was enough here. I don't feel like there was that much. I feel like everything was kind of could be knocked down. That's what I mean. I feel like there was enough here for doubt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were saying that there was enough there to convict. No, I'm not sure he did it. I got to be honest. I'm I not have sure. no idea. It's very frustrating. It's a frustrating one. Ascot Manor is I'm no curious good. to know what people think, because this reminds me of the one with the. Um, oh, no, I guess the one with the son and the stepdad. We kind of figured out who we thought did it. Um, but there's been a few where we're like, I honestly don't know if they did it or not. Right. Heath Bar Farm, although I think he's innocent. But there's, yeah. I'm curious to know what people think about this because I did not know. I think the first time I saw it, I thought he did it. But now that I know more because I'm wiser and have watched more Dateline, I felt like I wasn't sure anymore. I don't think Dateline thinks he did it either. I don't think Dateline would have brought that extra friend in that said, no, that guy totally handled guns all the time. Brian was around guns. I would be curious to know what Andrea thinks. I would, too. Why did he have gunshot residue on his hand? And why did Brian not have enough? Because he obviously, or Brett. Brett didn't yeah, have enough. You can't put that on someone else after they die. Unless they. I don't unless think so. you shot, he was shot in the foot. If you shot their hand close range, they could get it on them, right? But No, not, I don't think so. I think it's also not in the concentrations that you get from actually shooting it. We've come up against this before. That it's a different way that the pattern is when people try to fake it, it doesn't work. They have mm-hmm. to shoot the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't know. There's, um, and I don't know if there's, I don't know what happened. I don't think there's enough evidence to convict. But you don't want this guy to go down as a murderer. Brian, if he didn't do it, if he was just a patsy. But Right. I don't think he, I don't know. I, there's too the many. The fact there's... that he didn't take the money, he didn't take that money. Then why would he do it if he didn't what take the, the money? Heck? I would be in the jury room being like, why? If he didn't need the money, mm-hmm. what's the point? Yeah. If he wasn't using the money to get out of his gambling debt, what are we here for? Uh-huh. Why did the cops go after him? He didn't have a girlfriend that he was trying to leave the wife for. No. He had had a couple in the past. He had cheated a couple times, but he yeah. didn't wasn't currently like in love with another woman. Yeah. What if... Brian was having an affair with her and Mm -hmm. he found out about it and he decided to kill them both in one swoop as payback. I think that's the problem is we have no evidence of that. I feel like that would have come up because I'm sure that the defense would have wanted to use or like the prosecution would have wanted to use that too. So they must have had no evidence of it. But was there any evidence of her affair with Ben or was it just his word? Sometimes there's no evidence of an affair. That's why it's an affair. You keep it secret. Do you think she didn't have an affair with Ben and he just said that? He didn't do that. I I mean, I He wouldn't do it. It's just there 
I know. I can see her um, falling for him for like a little bit. What, like you said, because he was so in love with her and you sometimes fall for that if like you're not happy in your life. So yeah. I can see that happening. Um, I don't think he would lie about it on the stand in front of everyone to make himself seem important or something. He doesn't seem that kind of guy. Although maybe he is and he's maybe. like... But here's the issue that I have is that of the interviews that we get in this Dateline episode, Angela, obviously, I was not a huge fan because she was just very judgmental. And I'm like, are you listening to what I'm listening to? Because a lot of this doesn't add up, girl. Like, unless you know more information than I know. And I'm sure the gambling was really upsetting to Tammy, especially when you're using the family money and stuff like that and bringing you guys into debt. Yeah, that's really brutal. But what's funny is that I didn't like Angela very much, but I really believed Howdy, Brett's friend. Hmm. And he's like, he didn't do it. And I'm like, I believe you, Howdy. And maybe that's just me being like that, you know, but I don't know. I feel like Angela didn't have any like gut reaction that he did something wrong. All she did was be like, he was lying. What was he lying about? About what? About the gambling? I don't know what she knows. She must know something or she knows nothing. And she's been reading a lot of mystery novels and she's been watching a lot of murder. She wrote and she's trying to get involved. Do me a favor. If I die and you don't think Oliver did it, don't be like convinced that he did it because there's no one else. Keep looking. I got to walk the balance of not being one of those people who's standing by him blindly on Dateline and being like, he did it 100% because it's always the husband and the boyfriend. But if it didn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And this one doesn't make a lot of sense. If Oliver's not getting a dime. I can't make up my mind right now, Katie, before okay. I, I got to know how it's going to make me appear on Dateline. I understand. You have approximately seven minutes before the end of this episode to decide. Let's go into B-roll Well, no, Bonanza. I think I have time. He's not going to kill you in seven minutes. I think I have time to decide what my stance is going to be on Dateline and how it will make me appear to the audience. I want to be well-liked by the audience. Right. You have six minutes to figure that out. So B-roll, we see ta Tabby with a tambourine. Yes. Tambourine Tammy. Yeah. Which is always the sign of a good cover band. Yep. You can go your own way. Go your own way. I want her to be Stevie Nicks. I want her to do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sheriff... Lot's office, I said, has a bazillion trophies, just hundreds of trophies. I've never seen so many trophies. Mm -hmm. um, and then they also had some family photo shots, and they're all in blue polos. That's cute. And that was her favorite color. Yeah. Well, that was cute. Um, yeah, we saw the one guy in the B in the softball um, dugout. You bet. We saw that friend walking with the sweater around her shoulder. The location that the friend with the sweater was walking, like, was so beyond stunning that I wanted to go there. It was so green and beautiful, but there was, like, a lake behind her. It was It's not too really late. We can still go. We can still okay. move to Nashville. Yeah, maybe. It's not too late. Yeah. Well, this was South Carolina, but still. We could go there a lot. Yeah. Oh, and the judge was watching intently, and I liked that. Like, actually paying attention and didn't seem to be confused at why it wasn't their lunchtime yet. So I'm right. always impressed when they're actually like paying attention. Yeah, it's good. Um, did you have a quote? I had one. No. Um, I had a word, a big word. Oh. Do you know what? the word? No. This bucolic Southern town had suddenly become the scene of a deadly crime. Bucolic? 
bucolic. Correct. Bucolic. It's like a beautiful baby that has colic. Uh, right. Beautiful cholera. I don't know what's happening, I, but it, I like it because it sounds like beautiful. It sounds like when you like put extra syllables like in words, um, but she didn't do that because Andrea is not that person. But good job, Andrea. SAT word. Big yeah. points. I don't know it. I like it. Um, fashion police. What was your fashion police? Was Brooke uh, the daughter? Uh, that's how you were leopard on Dateline. And that's how you were leopard to court. She did it exactly right. She's 16, number one. But she had on just a shorter cardigan that hit at the waist that mm-hmm. was very simple leopard pattern, was like the ocelot spots. And then she had a red dress underneath that was like a long maxi dress that was kind of flowing. Nothing was tight. Nothing was tight. It was the perfect way to wear a leopard. Yeah. Well and it's done. Probably hot in South Carolina, too. So she looked a flowing cute. dress. Thought, yeah. yeah. She looked great. Um, and it's hard because her dad's like, she's about to lose her dad, which holy crap, I feel bad for you, girl. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's, I felt really bad for her. Mm-hmm. Um, the one friend has like a real Fu Manchu and it's gray. Yes. And then sure. the other friend, ben. the um, no, the bald black guy, um, he had the thinnest, like tiny little mustache over his just lip. Yes, he did. The John Waters. Yes, yes. That's kind of what I would call it, yeah. I yeah. like it. I like yeah. Southern John Waters mustaches, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and then Andrea looks so gorgeous in this one dress with a belt. I really yes. liked oh, that dress Oh, yeah, she did. Belt. Love that. Love the yeah. dresses with belts. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, this is B-roll, but we do see Brian's whole body in the shots from the scene, but they and they don't blur out any of his body. They only blur out, like, the blood stains, like that are coming out of him. I thought that was a little weird. That's very strange. Yeah. I totally missed that. That's weird. Yeah. It was a lot of body. Set titles. Um, I don't really have any good ones. Because I did the recap? No, I never have good ones. That's not true. What do you, I only have two because I did the recap, so I have an excuse. What is it? <laughs> you do yours first. Okay, mine is know when to fold them because I just got stuck on the gambler mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the night got deathly quiet. Um, and also Michael Scott on the bus singing The Gambler is still my favorite thing. <laughs> Do you remember they're going to Beach Day and they sing The Gambler? But Michael like is doing extended notes past everyone else. It's the most brilliant character choice. Okay. And then I kept thinking, um, this is, you might not, you better know it. Um, Life in a Southern Town. Yeah. Life in a southern It's town. on the episode of King of the Hill. Where it is, when he thinks, comes back as an yeah, angel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, it's Life in a Northern Town is what that song's called. And uh, I did Life in a Southern Town. That's pretty good. It's not. It's just two songs. That's no, all I could I get. Could, I couldn't think of any titles. I was trying to think of toilet seat stuff. And I got yeah. really down a rabbit hole where it's hard to think of anything oh. else. Flush, flush toilet, with power. Toilet seat of the crime. Toilet instead of toilet scene, scene, of, scene the crime. of the crime. Yeah, that could work. Um, toilet crime seat. Li- keep a lid on it. There we go. That's Ooh, not I good. I like that. But then that's about secrets too, and that's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I really. Um, I I won't survive. <laughs> oh no, that's not right. But that's all. The only song they showed her. Singing. I really wanted her them to show us another song. I think I think she went a little disco sometimes and a little like funk. Funk. We want the funk. 
Yeah. Bed of up the bunk. Ow. That'd be great. Except that's a man. So maybe Woody sang sometimes. And then she would sing back up. That would be great, huh? I don't know. She probably sounded better than that for sure. But that was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah, it's a good one. Always Andrea. Always She always brings it. I wish she got to sit down with um, him. I did too. She probably tried. Yeah. I would have liked that. Because I, I want to hear more from him to see this charm that everyone says. Because even in the um, closing arguments of the prosecution, they're like, he's he's a great guy. He's even charming sometimes. And I was like, him? Is he? I need to see it. I felt like he's decently charming. You know who I would really like to talk to is Brooke. The daughter? Brooke, if you ever listen to this, reach out to us. I have questions. Both of us are questioning. We're not sure. And we think Dateline might not be sure either. Yeah. We're not, she... No one seemed convinced. I wasn't. I don't think the case should have ever been brought to trial, to be honest. I don't either. But I, at the same time, don't know if this... I don't know. And I don't want the dead guy to take the fall if he didn't do it. So I, I don't, don't either. So I don't know. I would like to know more about Brian's life. Why did Brian need money? Because they said from the beginning that Brian was in money troubles. So what were mo- Brian's money troubles compared to Brett's money troubles? I thought someone said 20 grand at one point, but I could be wrong. Brett owed Brian 20 grand. Oh, Brett owed Brian 20 grand. Brian 20 so grand. did Brian owe someone else 20 grand or did he owe someone like 200 grand? That's what they said, that he was having money troubles. So he needed to collect the 20 grand. All these bookies need to keep their accounts in order. Yeah, they really do. Why could we couldn't get any titles with bookies? Angela from accounting. We couldn't do anything. Bookie mistake. And with that, thank you for listening, everyone. (laughs) But what was the rookie mistake? Doesn't matter. It's good. (laughs) Don't ask too many questions. (laughs) You got you got there, and the way that I said did it was yeah. Take the lamb. Okay. (laughs) Good job, Uh, everyone. Good job for hanging in there listening. Uh, Follow us on. Social media. What are they? Date Date Line. Date Date Line and Twitter and Facebook. I'm never on Facebook. So if I respond to you like three months later or not at all, apologies in advance. Maybe. That's cruel. I just don't. I don't like it. So go. I'll do my best. Instagram and Twitter. That's where I'm at. And you can catch us twice a week. Catch me outside. Catch me, catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> um, all right. I'm getting ready to book it. Bye, everybody. <laughs>